Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. Today is going to be a very special episode as I'm going to be joined by uh, two guests I'll be introducing here in a minute, but we're going to be doing a uh, kind of roundtable discussion about Us, the new Jordan Peele horror film. It's been out for a couple weeks now. Um, I think we've got a lot to kind of dive into and discuss about the film, and so we will do a kind of brief uh, description of the film and, and our and our general thoughts, kind of our, our review of it, um, non-spoiler, and then we're going to kind of go into a bigger uh, discussion about the movie and some of its themes, maybe some Easter eggs, uh, kind of our personal interpretations of um, the movies. So. Um, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, Crystal from the Horror Nights End podcast. You guys have heard me talk about her. She's been uh, the kind of primary motivator for me getting this show up and running and has helped out on some of my uh, technical issues. So, Crystal, how's it going? Hello, hello. It's good. You know, living my best life over here in my podcast lands, but you know. Pretty good, pretty good. How are you, Patrick? How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, and uh, I'm happy to have you on here and and to talk this movie. I know I've guessed it on your show a few times, so now the tables have turned. I know, I'm excited. (laughs) I feel like I don't have to do as much, and I know that probably sounds terrible, but the pressure is off a little bit, and I've kind of shifted towards you now. I don't have to run anything. I don't have to run the show today, so it's good. (laughs) Yeah, you can be be a slacker today. We'll we'll allow it. Um, All right. folding laundry as we as we do though so it's, oh, it's well, multitasking nice. <laughs> all right and uh, i'm going to introduce the the other um guest on the show tonight he's going to be more of a regular um in the future uh, this is his first time on on the show but he's um he's probably going to be joining me in and future episodes for for more reviews down the road but this is my uh, good buddy Cortland. uh he and i worked at a movie theater for a few years together, and uh, we just bonded over our love of movies. How's it going, Court? Hello, hello. How are we doing? <laughs> We're all doing. You, you sound uh, sound a little a uh, little tired. Did you just wake up recently? Uh, it was a long night. <laughs> well, I can attest for all three of us, we've had some long nights uh, recently. Isn't that right, Crystal? Yep, yep, yep. It's fine, though. It's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, Well, we're all here. We're all, uh, I know we're all uh, ready to talk about this movie. I know we had to postpone last week. We had some scheduling conflicts, and we were supposed to have one other person join us uh, for this discussion, but he unfortunately had to um, uh, work a funeral today. Uh, So um, we're we're doing it with a man down, but I think we've got enough uh, firepower here uh, to have a really good discussion. So uh, now we're going to go ahead and talk uh, about the movie Us. Um, it's Jordan Peele's newest uh, foray into the horror genre. Um, it's been out for about a couple weeks now. And the basic premise of the film is that uh, a family is on a uh, vacation trip uh, to the beach, essentially. Uh, they have a little beach house. And, and on their first night back uh, on the trip, they are visited by a weird-looking family that happens to also be mirror images of the family. And uh, things kind of uh, go crazy from there on out for the rest of the movie. Um, You know, don't want to talk too much in this part uh, about kind of the events that happen within the film, but, um, you know, there's 
been a lot of critical um, lauding for for this movie. I think it's at ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, you know critics were hailing this as a masterpiece, and that Jordan Peele is a uh, horror director legend, and um, and I think we'll find as we have this discussion that while this may be a maybe a decent entry into the horror genre or it may not uh depending on on your viewpoint i I don't think he's there yet and i don't think that this film was was a masterpiece i think it works on a lot of technical levels it's got some very common uh competent cinematography uh the acting is really strong uh performances i mean just kind of blow you away in in the movie um and it's got a fairly decent story but also it, it it kind of leaves more wanting um, when you reach the climax of the film, but um, you know I don't want to go too much into details yet uh, until we get into the spoiler section. In case you have not had a chance to get out and see this movie, um, I don't want any bit of it spoiled for you. I think they were smart with releasing basically I think almost two trailers, and they were very similar to each other. Um, so I think my, my review score that I did on my, my uh, mini review on Twitter, I think was a 4.5, and I, I still stand by that. Um, there, are, there are some issues within the film. Um, like I said, that we'll get more into the spoilers uh, later, but I, I, there's a lot that works in, in this movie. Um, I think Peel has proven himself to be a very competent director. Um, Writing, I think he may need a, a little bit more work on. Uh, Get Out is a little bit tighter of a film on the writing standpoint than Us is, but he does enough with it to keep you interested and kind of keep you on the edge of your seat um, for the movie. So that's going to be uh, my quick review uh, of it, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Crystal and have her uh, thoughts on, on the film. So I saw the movie... Uh, I believe it was the one day after it was released um, and I was super excited about it um, as Patrick and I were both super excited we've been talking about this movie for weeks and weeks leading up to it and um, then the the critics reviews dropped and we were discussing that too and we were like oh my gosh like it has 100% of Rotten Tomatoes and it's saying it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. But considering the last time they said that, um, it was about the movie Hereditary, and Patrick and I were actually not a fan of that movie. That's right. Um, so I was a little skeptical because I didn't want to be skewed by the critics. And I kind of went in and I was like, okay, like I'd love to get out. Like it was, it was one of my favorite movies. Do I consider Get Out a horror movie? Not really. I, I think I consider it more of a thriller. So I was ready to see something that was horror because a lot of the, a lot of the critics that came out were saying like now you know Jordan Peele he this is a horror movie compared to to Get Out which really wasn't. It was more of like a thriller. Um, so I, I did I loved the movie. I thought it was great. Um, I do remember when when I left the movie, I, I remember I was texting you, Patrick, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, I need to see it again. Like, I'm confused. And that's not the, that's not really what I wanted to feel when I left. But I mean, after doing research and you know taking notes and, and listening to, to other podcasts and talking to Patrick, I started to understand the movie and I, I had a greater appreciation for it. But now I, I want to go see it again so that I can. Um, really look for those things that I that I found in my research so overall yes I did enjoy the movie 
Um, I did not pick up on the twist until the very end. Um, I, I, but I did enjoy it. it. You know, the thing is though, it was a, it was a little long. There were some points in the movie that were a little, almost, not needed. Um, there was also a lot of humor in there, which I loved because obviously everybody knows Jordan Peele's background. Yeah. He started out, you know, in comedy and things like that. Um, but I feel like maybe some of the humor took away from from the horror element of it. Um, it kind of brought me out of the movie, and then something scary would happen, and it would bring me back. So I, I do believe that Get Out was a better movie. Um, I, I do like this movie, but I think I just wanted a little bit more. Um, definitely the acting was great. Um, visuals were great, but I, I have to agree with Patrick in the whole writing thing. Like I, I feel like it just needed to be a little bit tighter because Get Out was such a good movie, and it was just like it was. I really think that that Get Out maybe might be better than Us, mm -hmm. but Us was still a great movie, and I am excited to go see it again. Um, but I I don't know. I still have some like eh thoughts about it, but it was very creative. I guess I can say that. So. So if you had a if you I I know uh, you and when we talk on, on your show we don't really do a a review score per se. Yeah. Um, do you have a number that you would put on it that um, that you think? Um, I would probably give it like a three point nine out of five. Okay, that's um, respectable. So just because there was, like I said, there are certain parts of the movie that just brought me out of the horror film, and I, and I get it. I mean, it, it it reminded me a little bit of like the Wes Craven like tongue in cheek kind of thing, but Wes Craven knew where to draw the line when it came to humor because it was still scary it was still considered a horror movie even though it was a tongue-in-cheek horror movie mm -hmm. I just feel like I feel like Jordan Peele was trying to hit all these elements that he thought he should and I think he was trying to do too much in the movie and I think that's where it just got a little hazy for me like and he that's was trying a... to be funny but he was trying to be scary he was trying to do these things um so I think it just got I think that's why maybe it just threw me off a little bit and that's a common trap that I think most uh, directors um, can fall into very easily. It's just something where they, they've got a lot of ideas, they want to fit them in, they have a, a limited amount of time, and they're trying their best their best way to do that. So I would agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, he was trying uh, to, to do something, uh, you know, my view of it uh, with, with the comedy aspect, uh, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to Cortland on his thoughts on the film. Um, I, I felt, because like what you said, the the comedy kind of took you out of it a little bit. I think that that was uh, intentional. I, I felt like the comedy was trying to, uh, and, it, and sometimes successfully and sometimes not successfully, kind of lure you into a false uh, sense of uh, comfort. And then he was going to hit you with, with a scary beat that was going to immediately make you uncomfortable. But you've got very valid points that I, I think that he kind of, he overused it a little too much in, in some scenes. Um, so uh, with with that said, uh, Court, what, what are your thoughts uh, uh, on the movie? Okay, um, for starters, I'm just gonna go ahead and kind of throw a disclaimer out here. This is definitely a completely different perception or a point of view compared to you, Patrick, and mm -hmm. also you from what I know and what I've heard. Um, I'm not really huge on horror. Uh, but to kind of build off of what you mentioned, Patrick, about Jordan Peele just not entirely being there yet, um, I can agree. I, I can definitely agree on 
some of that. Uh, and I also think that it's more of just, he's, it's fresh. It may not be traditional. It's, he's coming with new ideas. Get out and agree with Miller. Uh, but even, even with us, fresh ideas, new creativity um, that just kind of, you know, go on his own way. I personally enjoyed the film, even though, like I said, I'm not usually huge on horror. I did enjoy it. If I had to give it a score, I would say probably a four out of five. Yeah, that, I think that's, uh, I think I think you're right with a lot what you say there. And, and I do think that, um, and, and this might be more of what the appeal of Jordan Peele is, is that appeal, appeal. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I caught it there. Uh, the, the appeal of his filmmaking is that, um, you know, he, he's maybe crafting it for a non-horror audience. Cause I know, like you said, um, in fact, in talks that you and I've had in the past Cortland about, about doing this podcast and you, you were saying you wouldn't have a lot to offer onto the horror aspect of when we talk about horror films. Um, but that's good. Oh, that's absolutely. Like perspective of a movie, because you know, obviously Patrick and I, we love horror movies, so we're going to come in as as horror fans. Right. So I think it's good that somebody who doesn't quite enjoy horror the same way that we do, so we can get their opinion on it and absolutely. see how that audience does. And that's and that's where I think that that this movie is why it might be a turnoff for hardcore horror fans, but. From a non-horror audience, this is more of a gateway uh, into the horror genre to see something that's not necessarily 100% full horror, but but it's it's tipping your toe in the water a little bit, being like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can handle this genre a little bit more if it's more kind of in this method or this mean. And um, so, I mean, I know, Crystal, you and I are very active on Twitter with with our communities on there, and this was a debate that was kind of going on uh and you and i uh we got an interaction with with an individual that turned out i because you, you know i i texted you i was afraid that it was going to start a twitter fight because uh, yeah. he was in a huge disagreement with with liking the film and thinking that it was a good film not necessarily a good film but that it was a good horror film and yeah. um and you kind of jumped in there and you know you had said you know not all movies are for everyone and and stuff like that and then it, it actually and then i jumped in there with comment about you know because he felt very uh afraid to express his opinion because it was against what everyone else was saying about the movie and yeah. i think we both uh and even even he did after after we kind of both stepped in there saying hey don't be afraid to express yourself about how you felt about a movie we're not all the same we're not all going to view the movie in the same light or same manner and there's nothing wrong and nothing invalid with that opinion like not you won't face any judgment from me um or from you and and i think that that's a fresh perspective to have and that's why i can see this massive appeal for an audience to go see a jordan peele horror film because yeah. it is something that you know us us horror fans us diehard horror fans we're so desensitized to a lot that we see so it's hard for us to be scared uh in some of these movies um you know my in the previous episode i recorded my pet cemetery review and you know i got a little kind of in arms about how i felt about that movie and you know it's really frustrating when you see 
these critics that say that this is the scariest thing that they've ever seen or it's the scariest movie ever they were saying it with us and they were saying it with pet cemetery i personally uh didn't find us really that scary um and and certainly pet cemetery was not scary at all but i i know Cortland and i saw this movie together in the theater and i know that there were moments that caught him off guard and that's what made me appreciate the movie more and even in the scenes that you know people were like oh i didn't really find that scary well crystal and i might not find that scene scary but Cortland, who is not exposed to this uh might be totally caught off guard and i know he was caught off guard uh a couple times in the films just based on his reaction so i i think are you talking about pet cemetery no i'm talking about us i I, i'm just talking about that whole with what i was talking about with pet cemetery was the, again, the critics are lauding it as an extremely scary movie, and there are effective shots within the Pet Cemetery remake that are are good. But the film overall is not incredibly scary. But if Cortland were to go see Pet Cemetery, uh, which I don't think you have any plans on seeing that movie, do you, Court? I honestly, you know, I've kind of been thinking about. Oh, really? Yeah, see, like I said, Jordan Peele is a gateway into horror. Uh, but Cortland, Cortland would definitely probably have some some moments that would actually catch him off guard or or might terrify him because he's just now kind of getting into the horror genre. Um, and that and that just goes back to the whole perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. I, and that's what I think. That's what I think. Us did a really good job. Like with Jordan Peele not only having a background in comedy and writing and different things, he it was it was almost like a it, I, re, I really don't know if I would consider it even though it might have been his his attempt at horror I don't know if I would consider it almost a hybrid light comedy bit of a thriller some horror aspect yeah yeah I think uh, I think it's probably more apt as as maybe even just a, a dark comedy. I mean, there that is a subgenre within horror where uh, yeah. one that comes to mind is uh, Black Sheep with, uh, you know, basically Were Sheep, and uh, you know it's it's definitely a valid subgenre too. I mean, you look at, at movies like Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness that they are effectively comedies, but they still bring the horror elements into it. So I think because that. Um, and I'll, I'll mention this and then we'll start moving into the spoiler section uh, of the show um, that that's kind of my complaint with with critics of it talking about the comedy where they're really upset that there was comedy in this movie and and, and this actually even goes back to uh, happy death day to you uh, you know a lot of people were complaining about the comedy within the movie but uh, you know it's it's it serves its purpose like like i said i think the comedy felt like it was meant to kind of lure you into a false sense of security because when things are lighthearted and stuff you're not expecting anything horrifying to happen afterwards and i do agree with crystal that maybe it went on a little too much more so i think when you start getting into the middle of the film and you have the the uh, the scenes at the at the the family friend's house where you've got certain music playing on while, while a particular scene happens there um yeah. so you want I something so. i think i think comedy in the beginning of the movie is great a lot of horror movies have those little punchlines in the beginning mm-hmm. but then once the horror starts to hit like all that comedy is gone and i think that's what i'm talking about there were yeah. a couple scenes at towards the middle and the end of the movie that had 
funny things going on and the audience was laughing and I was just like, mm, this is kind of taking away from the whole experience of a horror movie when people are laughing at the jokes. And it's like, there's one particular scene I have in mind, like you said, when they're trying to get to the neighbor's house um, and then after they leave the neighbor's house. Yeah. And I was just like, I wish that, I mean, and that's just what happens when you go see a movie in theaters. Sometimes people laugh, sometimes people are loud, you know? And I think yeah. that was one of the complaints that I had too with you, Patrick, when you, yeah. know, you talked about it. You said, you know, there was a, the movie theater was packed, it was loud, there was a lot going on. But I mean, it is what it is. But I, I you know, I, 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 am, I definitely need to see it again before it leaves theaters. Hopefully by that time there won't be as many people. So, <laughs> well, you know, and I, I would agree with that too. Uh, the in the screening that Cortland and I were in, um, we had kind of a very active audience. Not not in the negative sense. Not like they were talking the entire time or anything like that. But yeah, exactly. uh, you know, if if Cortland if he remembers uh, the scene when um, uh, why am I thinking Winston Duke's character goes out and he's got the baseball mm -hmm. bat and he goes. You want to get crazy, we can get crazy. The yeah. audience reaction to that was, like, excitement because that was the scene that they had seen in the trailer. Am I misrepresenting yeah. that, Cortland? No, that's about how it went. Well, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like, a lot of people, like, in the audience, and it's funny, like, I like audience reactions, but, like, that particular scene, like, someone in my theater was like, oh, shit, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, like, <laughs> funny, like, it's great, like, I'm into that, but at the same time, it's like, when it's continued throughout the entire movie, it's right. kind of just, like, it's like, I get it, and, and I am all for people being active and, and into the movie, but I, you know, it's still, it unfortunately does take a little bit away from the movie, but it's not something that I view as negative. Right, I mean... The worst is the, um, is the, the post-movie clap. Oh, yeah, yes, well, yes. Well, actually, it's so kind of funny that we mentioned that, actually. I saw Shazam on premiere night, well, I guess Patrick got to see the early screening mm -hmm. of it, but... I went on this, just this past Thursday, and for the first time ever, I experienced clap during the movie, and like one <laughs> person did it, and then all of a sudden there were like three rows just clap. See, and now we had a we had a uh, <laughs> clapping audience at the end of the movie, but not actually during the movie per se. We uh, had it a... was literally like mid scene. Oh my I gosh! Never, I I did not know what to do whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely not experienced that. One. Well, you, it's a movie. Is the movie over? Why all clap in? Like, yeah. Right. Well, you know, Corlin well, is. Go back to... Sorry about that, Patrick. No, you're fine. Uh, well, you know, as you and I can attest of having worked at worked at a movie theater, uh, you know, we've had to deal with with those audiences from time to times. So, I mean, we both had to go in and make announcements in the movie theaters about like having your cell phone off or you know no talking and and, and having to kick people out and stuff like that and dealing with with all that kinds of craziness. And, uh, you know, one particular, uh, not to, you know, go too far off onto a tangent, but one in particular poor audience experience I had in a, in a uh, theatrical release was uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, my buddy and I were, you know, there for the movie. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. And we had, the entire theater was packed. You had people who had brought their little kids to this, you know, giant monster movie and probably too young for it. Uh, the entire audience was talking the entire time. Uh, Jake and I could not understand almost a single word of dialogue in that entire movie. And it was just so frustrating. You had kids, uh, parents who had brought um, 
toys for their kids to play with while while watching the movie and uh you had a kid that was maybe like four or five who was coughing like he'd been chain smoking for 45 years and the mom only took him outside once to make sure he was okay brought him back in and he still coughed the rest of the movie and so yeah you know audience audience uh interaction can be a great and a bad thing at the same time it's really good for comedy movies like it had us been just a straight comedy i think like we would all not have as much of an issue with an audience reaction to laughing at, at particular scenes but uh when you have something like a horror yeah you want the audience laughing for those small comedic moments but then you want them shocked and maybe gasping for the other um uh, you know more horrific scenes and um, so, I, yeah, it's, I, I think it's definitely one to see in the theaters to have an audience um, experience with it. But as long as you're within the right audience, I don't think our audience was too bad. But I know that uh, when they were kind of getting all up in that scene from the trailer, I was like, oh, my God, you guys got to stop this. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. I have to agree. And even beyond laughter, like regardless of what type of interaction it is, my thing with audience interaction is if it's necessary, then yes, yeah. completely fine. When people are being obnoxious, where it's like like the mid-movie clap that mm -hmm. I was just referring to. Right. Save it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever. But it's, it's those unnecessary interactions, the uncalled for ones, you know, that's, that's when I'm like, all right, man, come on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think we're now, um, and we're going to give a big a big spoiler warning to anyone who's listening that has not seen this movie yet, because now we're really going to talk, because <laughs> we're now going to talk more about uh, particular scenes, um, themes, spoilers, all this stuff, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go into it and kind of maybe dissect our own personal reads of the film, um, so, you know, if you don't want anything spoiled all right go ahead tune out come back and and listen to us uh you know now and uh when, after you've seen the movie um, go listen to patrick's other podcast yeah yeah there's there's four other ones out there when you're done with patrick's podcast go listen to my podcast that's right that's <laughs> right go support her on patreon too um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all right so um you know, let's let's talk about the twist first, because uh, I think, um, you know, Crystal, you were mentioning that you did not see the twist coming. I don't think Cortland saw the Negative. twist coming. Um, I'm the worst. <laughs> well, I'm the guy who called Shutter Island within like the first three minutes of the movie, so it, it I I don't I like it, but at the same time I don't like it because I would like to be surprised with the rest of the audience, but. I, I read too many mystery things and do too many puzzles to like not like put pieces together and yeah um you know or you're just a robot oh uh, <laughs> i i do need an oil change so that that might be true um you know so i think because I, I there was a particular person on twitter and, and not to you know call him out or cause any trouble or criticize him too much but uh it was something that i disagreed with they they kind of went they disliked the disliked us so much that they were going on an active um well in my opinion an active maybe it wasn't that bad uh campaign of kind of trashing the movie because they disliked it so much and and his opinion's valid like don't don't get me wrong uh, no one's opinion is is invalid but my problem is when you dislike a movie so much that you're actively trying to 
uh, take it down a peg or try to make sure other people don't go out and see it. Not that he was doing that in, in, in this particular case. I, I think that there's something wrong there. It's fine for you not to dislike or to not like a movie, but don't try to ruin it for other people that may like it because their opinions are valid as well. But he, uh, you know, the big thing about the opening weekend for us was that they didn't want any spoilers. Like they didn't want people out on social media spoiling the big twist to the movie. And yeah, there was a huge campaign for that. Everyone was like, tell your friends to see it, but don't tell them the twist or something. Exactly. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember, I remember reading that. And so this particular person commented on the tweet from the official Us Twitter page about not spoiling it, saying, well, you spoiled it within the trailer. Now, he's not wrong, um, but at the same time, not knowing the context of those scenes within the trailer does not spoil it for the audience because I didn't yeah. know until we were there watching the movie that the young girl within the trailer is the young version of the mom and, and you know when she's a, a little girl and so the big twist being that when she goes into that kind of hall of mirrors and finds her her other or her tethered or whatever you know you want to call it the, the tethered yeah. person, uh, tethered version of her, strangles her and puts her in the room and then goes back out into the real world to assume her identity. And um, now when you see those scenes in the trailer of just this young girl, my interpretation of seeing it from the trailer was, okay, we're going to see an instance of someone else experiencing what the family experiences it within the film, not necessarily that they were related scenes. And, but when you look at it in the greater context of the film, um, you know, when you're, when it's revealed at the very beginning that that is Lupita Nyong'o's character, and I'm sorry if I butchered her last name, um, it made sense to me that I was like, oh, this is probably the other. And now what I have to give Peel credit on though is even though I had figured that out, I still questioned myself throughout the rest of the movie. Um, mm -hmm. but when you get, when it is revealed and now this may be the one scene within the trailer that is maybe too much of a spoiler, even without having the context is when you see her grab, uh, the younger version of herself by the throat, uh, as a little, as a little girl, it explains kind of that hoarse voice that the, the other version of her has when they come to the house. And it makes sense why she sounds so, so awful when she's talking, but yeah. I thought it was a very effective twist, even though I would figured it out. I, I think it allows, and I think this is where, um, see, this, I think this is why you will appreciate maybe a second viewing more, Crystal, is since I yeah. figured that out, I was looking at it through her eyes as the othered and not the the main um, version of herself and, and why she would act this way. Um, but, Crystal, what were your thoughts on the twist? Um... I'm trying to remember back to when I saw the trailer and what I thought was going on with the little girl in the in the fun house, but I, I don't remember what I thought. I think I just assumed that it was a little girl or it was like a backstory or something, because mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember what my first interpretation of the trailer was, and I don't remember, but I do remember, Patrick, I did text you and I said, 
I think it has to do, I think this was, I think I texted you, I said, I think it has to do something with cloning, because I keep mm -hmm. seeing rabbits throughout the trailer. Yeah. Um, which is, I was right um, when it came to that portion of the film, but I, I didn't pick up on, on that it was her doppelganger and that it was switched. And um, I, I did like the twist. Um but I think there were, I think I was more into, like, all the Easter eggs and stuff, other than the twist. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it, it was, I think it was creative for sure. But also, I don't know, I feel like he kind of took this skeleton of an idea that I feel I've seen somewhere before, or it's been in something else, and he kind of just put a spin on it and made it his own which is great you know i think that's i think it's fantastic when somebody can do that right but i i kind of feel like i'm trying to remember what i was watching or what i was reading and uh it was recently um and i think it was i think i was just watching a video on youtube and it was from like 2016 and it was this girl and she was talking about um doppelgangers Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how, like, oh my gosh, could you imagine if there was somebody out there that looked exactly like you and they wanted to kill you? And I'm like, well, that's literally the premise of Jordan Peele's Us, and it just came out. So, I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, people are saying it's creative and all these things, but at the same time, it's not original in my mind, especially because the idea of doppelgangers has been around for a long, a really long time. Now, I do like all of the extra things he added and how you know there are some political views in there that he also used um the whole like the 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 title in the beginning of the movie with like the underground tunnels he mm -hmm. tied it back to you know things that we that are relative in our everyday lives you know he used the um hands across america thing um but like I said, I think it was just too much. I think there was too much going on. Like he in the beginning of the movie, he told us about, you know, these tunnels. And then he's adding in the the hands across America thing. And then he's adding in this doppelganger thing. And then he's adding in like all these different elements. And I, I really wish that he had focused on maybe just one thing. Yeah. It, I think it was at the end, of course, yes, it made sense. Obviously, he's trying to give like a conspiracy theory on these underground tunnels saying that the government put them there because all of our clones are down there, all of our doppelgangers are down there and all those things. And, and I, I, I get that, but I maybe kept the hands across America thing out of there. I don't know. I think it was just too much going on and he tried to pack in all these different elements. And I think the audience would just get lost because not saying that like I'm, you know, the best film critic out there and can't remember every single detail, but I mean, uh, your average moviegoer is not going to really look that deep right. into the movie. So I, I, I don't know. I just think there were a lot of things. Maybe just stick with the whole doppelganger thing with the underground tunnels. Maybe explore that a little bit more. I just feel like when I left the movie, I had so many questions, and I don't like having that many questions about a movie that's supposed to be the best horror movie of all time. <laughs> Well, I know no. what you're. I know what you're saying, and and uh, to bring up about the doppelganger thing, uh, you know, there's a movie that is called Plus One. Um, I saw it a few years ago. I believe it's up on on streaming services, which kind of deals with that too. It's it's kind of a, it's a, it's more of a, like I don't want to say time travel because time travel is not really involved, but there's like a time delay. So you have these kids that are at a party, and then like there's a meteor that kind of 
flies overhead and crashes, but then it causes like this time delay. And so while these kids are at the party in the present time, and as they're moving on, then like there's now a new version of them that are coming to the party, like doing the same things that they were doing. And then it, they're, you know, then they end up trying to uh, kill their, their doppelgangers because, you know, they're all kind of confused on why that there's these doppelgangers. But I, 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 I do agree. Um, I think he tried to go a little too far with it and not explain enough there um, yeah. Cortland and I had the, had a discussion about, um, you know, well, if these were quote unquote copies, cause they did, they didn't say clones, but they did say copies, I, clones, the, the closest relative to it. But, um, you know, how did they copy them? Like, how did they, what technology did they use? How did they get samples of like people's base tissue to be able to develop a copy? Uh, mm-hmm. but you do, you do have the, the one of the kids mentioned about like fluoride in the water and, and maybe it's like something with, with yeah. that. Um, but yeah, he, he, what's really lacking in that final act is when she is down there before the whole twist is revealed, uh, is, well, what was the purpose of this? Like we, we know that the, it was because the government wanted to control. And I, and I will talk about that a little bit later. Um, we're going to get kind of political about, maybe some themes within the film but um it was there why did they abandon it why uh since these were kind of like clones or copies of the people why couldn't they really talk i mean the that's that's your first clue that um there's something not right when you have only one of these doppelgangers talking and everyone else just grunts or doesn't say a word at all um, mm-hmm. and I, uh, you know, it, it, it did need a little bit more polishing on that, but I'm going to turn it over now to Cortland and, and ask what, what were your thoughts on the whole twist? Cause I know you didn't quite see it coming. Yeah. Well, I'm just traditionally bad with twists. <laughs> I can never see them coming for whatever reason. I just get lulled into the movie and whatever they're trying to present to me and I just forget like, Oh should be looking for things or looking for clues so i usually get caught by twists anyways um but it definitely got me my thing with it is though after the twist happening and me being surprised by it i kind of found myself being like why didn't you see that like i felt like it should have been easy to guess but like i said i'm just back with twists. yeah yeah well that's that's a really good point i have to agree with you too on that i i felt the same way i'm like why duh like no shit (laughs) how did i not figure this out like i was just like that's like the easiest thing to to figure out like like (laughs) of any obviously it's not actually her that we're looking at the whole time it's the bad one or the the clone or whatever you want to call it the evil i don't know if it's evil or it's not their fault that they were cloned Right, right. And, uh, you know, and that's why I think, like, I, I mean, I don't know why I latched on to it, but I just did because I'm just sitting there going, well, we're dealing with a movie with copies, with people that look like each other. I'm not going to be surprised if she never made it out. And again, like, the clues are there. And I think that that's what makes it so clever, especially if you didn't catch it the first time, you'll notice it the second time as you're rewatching it. You know, when, yeah. when, they find, when the, her parents find her, she doesn't say anything and essentially has to basically well they they the psychiatrist says she has ptsd which i mean i guess if you're 
makes perfect sense if you're growing up in an underground and, yeah, uh, I, yeah. facility, well, you're going to have PTSD. Well, no, see, I believe that she had PTSD because she was choked by her clone and right. then came back up and was, like, freaked out. That's why I thought. That's why I didn't catch on because I was like, no, she she got PTSD. She just got choked out by her clone right. and got away. Like, I wouldn't want – I would have PTSD, too. She's, like, eight years old. But right. then, of course, when you go back, you're like, oh, wait, it's because – she doesn't know how to speak yet mm -hmm. because I, I, going back to your theory before, I don't think they were taught language. No, so, which I, is why I, they make those grunting noises. Which again, kind of leads to a problem with with a little bit of the writing. How are you going to control people by having clones of them that like just grunt or don't have any mode of communication? Because say, say if you're a nefarious like shadow government type organization and you have a copy of a person that maybe is in, in a political power structure, but they don't know how to speak, how are you gonna replace them? Like, it doesn't, that doesn't work. Like, it's it's not like, we're gonna notice if uh, Donald Trump just stops talking, that something's wrong because the man can't stop running his damn mouth. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're going to know if, if, you're, if that was the plan, because I mean, we, we're told it's the government, but we don't really know if it's the government or it's like a shadow government. Like you said, this is very much a conspiracy theory type movie. There's a lot of, Absolutely. I mean, there are definitely things that I've heard conspiracy theory people talk about, like the fluoride in the water and stuff like that. Um, being like, uh, you know, these just crazy things that the government's kind of trying to do. And that's really, I think, feel where this, this movie kind of, got its inspiration from um but since since we kind of talked a little bit about the politics and, and then this is going to be a little bit of a politics morning but it's not anyone's personal politics it's just a personal read i had on the film i'm interested to hear what you guys have to think uh have to say on this um i really felt like this movie was kind of a um not necessarily capitalism versus communism but more communism versus individualism in the sense of you have these doppelgangers that are mass organized by one individual to start a revolution to kind of retake their their position in in the world um, since they've been mistreated and of course the granted they're all wearing red jumpsuits and it seems like the primary struggle is the individual versus the collective and the dangers of letting one person uh, kind of dictate or uh, motivate a movement um, who their motives are purely suspect. I mean, the reason that uh, the main character, the main doppelganger, who's not really the doppelganger, is, is causing this kind of mass uh, extinction of the, of the originals is really because she wants back in her life. I mean, she's purely greedy in her own motivations and why she wants to do this, but she does it as if it were a more grand scale type thing. And I, I kind of, and I had discussed this with, with my buddy, Pat, who's been on the podcast before. He didn't, you know, pick up on this at all. Um, but I, I just, I saw it more as this, the dangers of giving into control and giving into, uh, you know, an individual speaker who says they have their be your best interest in mind but really they have their own motivations and the struggle of the individual trying to to stick out and, and overcome that and i mean we do get that kind of line of well the government wants to control us well what better way than 
you know, announcing kind of like the dangers of communism or of, of the negative versions of commun communism that you've seen in the past with the USSR and stuff like that. Um, this is my history major kind of coming out in me right now. Um, you know, it just, that's, that's just a read I had on it. I don't know. Did you, uh, uh, I'm going to turn it to Cortland here. Cortland, did you have any of that read at all? I mean, I know you're not as, as like geared into that type of thing when it comes to cinema, but did you have any type of read? Um, I definitely didn't see that. I mean, it makes sense. It all definitely is in line when it's literal uprising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense. I personally didn't see it. That's definitely your inner, your inner history major. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could definitely see. see what that. and what about you, Crystal? Uh, no, I didn't particularly see that, but it does make sense. It kind of reminded me of, um, like, World War II a little bit, mm -hmm. like, with Hitler, because um, that's a good example of, um, I mean, I'm not saying that the, <laughs> that she's Hitler, but no. it's, it's kind of the same persuasion of speech, mm -hmm. literally, um, to be able to convince these people that's what they and yeah that, that's another question i have like how did she convince them to do this how do they understand like that's what the, you know I, I just have so many questions well you know i don't I, think uh, i don't think it took much like convincing because as we as we kind of see from the other versions of all, all the other people within the film they're 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 not really smart i mean they're they are uh yeah. kind of they are like different mirror images uh i think um pat and i had discussed this on when we had talked about the trailer uh for us before the release of us that these these uh doppelgangers of them were going to be kind of more of the base baser instincts or just the darker uh reflections of these characters and as we saw with the 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 son like who likes playing with his little magic tricks and has his mask and his little magic trick is supposed to deal with fire his uh other or his tethered is um you know wears a mask but he's more feral but he's burned himself like he's he has too much of an obsession with the fire and the daughter uh is you know considering quitting track and that her other uh is is like a super fast runner and like more yeah. confident than she is and and the husband's more of a of a i don't want to say man's man because it's got kind of a negative connotation but like Winston Duke does such a fantastic job playing the two different dynamics of his character as much as Lupita Nogoya does with hers. Um, like, he's kind of a... He, like, tries to be impressive and, like, seem like he's a man, like, especially when he's out there banging the baseball bat going, you know, we can get crazy if you want to get crazy. But when you get, like, the scene with him on the bed and he's trying to seduce his wife, you kind of get the idea that, like, he's just kind of a goof. And yeah. so when you and have the... Right. And then when you have his other like his others more of a, like a a big scary you know man that <coughs> excuse me um you know that like beats him and, and uh, is just overpowers him and strong uh, you know strong arms him and so i thought it was really interesting dynamic uh to have that like these other characteristics that that their originals don't have okay yeah that's interesting um i i'm just trying to think of like how did she say like okay we're gonna go up to the surface and kill everybody that looks like you like there's just there's just too many questions right. I just have too many questions like 
how do you know that your that your tethered is up there? How do you know? Like, obviously, you know what your tether looks like because it looks like you. But I, and I understand that whatever is mimicked on the surface is mimicked down below. So obviously, you know, you're you're pretty much always tethered to your original um, or to your doppel. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking too much into it. Maybe I just because I always want to know like exactly how everything happens. I don't know, maybe that's just the problem that I'm having is I've just, I just have to accept the fact that this is where they were, this is how it happens. Well, there was but, an explanation. You know. um, if, if you remember when um, they're, once they're all gathered inside the house, um, her, the original uh, mom uh, in, in the red suit is, is explaining like she felt, or she had the same births, but her like, her versions of having the children were were far more difficult and far more traumatic that so they they like that's why that tethered is kind of used as their as the nomenclature for it um they they feel what what their other goes through in life the ones that live underground so i i guess it doesn't explain now how she felt it if she's the original but my guess is she knew the time was coming by feeling the proxim proximity of her tethered. And and that's yeah, like was sure. the kind of the signal um, that that okay, we're gonna start our uprising now. And I think that was always why when when you're introduced to her um, uh, when they get to the house, she's kind of like, Oh, I don't wanna be here, I don't wanna go near the beach. Like it makes more sense now. It's not because of the trauma she faced as a child, it's because she knows if she goes near the beach, her other will know that she's back and that it's going to be it 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 could be nothing or it could be something devastating and it turns out to be something devastating now uh a a question i have is do you feel sympathetic for her tether like do you knowing that knowing that from this twist that she is uh, is the tether that was down under underground for so many years and then took her original's place by the end of the film do you feel that she's justified or that she's taken these actions to one protect her family um but is, is she justified for doing that to her original in the first place and is she uh is she going to still be quote unquote good after the events of the film because there's this really weird uh, lingering shot between her and her son where her son kind of has figured it out that she's not real or she's not the real version and mm-hmm. I don't know what what are your guys' thoughts uh, you know Cortland Crystal either one of you guys chime on in what what were your thoughts do you think she's as sympathetic and justified in her actions or uh, unjustified uh, I think it's tough because I mean it's obviously if you if you had guessed the twist in the beginning, um, you would have been like, "Okay, you know, what's the deal with this? Why would she do this kind of big move? You know, doing this little part." But then you kind of grow a bit sympathetic because they add that family dynamic to it. It's always tough when you add the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind I kind of find myself sympathizing maybe just a bit, just because they built that family dynamic. They're a close family, even though they butt heads. They seem to be extremely close. They seem to be good parents, good kids. Um, 
even regardless of their, whatever shortcomings they may have, they do seem to be a pretty close-knit fan. So that kind of makes it tough for me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saying that I'm forgetting that she literally basically kidnapped this little girl. Right. Uh, again, it kind of, that, that family dynamic makes it tough. It kind of leaves me right in the middle almost, especially considering that last scene that you mentioned where um, the son kind of catches on to what's happening. It's like, oh, shit, like, now am I supposed to switch how I'm feeling? <laughs> and, Krista, what, what about your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Uh, when I found out that she had basically stolen um, her tethered life, I was I was sympathetic with um, Red, who is the, um, the name, I guess, that they gave the original. Okay. Um. Uh, I was, I want, I was like, you stole her life, like, that was her life, like, I understand that, that, you know, the, the tether was created by the government, but it doesn't give the tether the right to take the original's life, um, so when that happened, I was, I was like, like, when she killed her at the end, um, I didn't like that because I was like I wanted the tether I wanted the original to win so the so um red who was down who was who and she her life was taken from her mm-hmm. and she couldn't do anything about it because she was stuck in this underground you know apparently um she had you know she had a crushed windpipe because her tether choked her right um dragged her down and this poor girl had no idea what the hell was going on and she just stole the girl's life so I wanted the original to win I wanted her but then I don't know I I didn't there's actually a theory I don't know if you uh if either of you have uh read about this there's actually a theory about the the little boy um Jason um did you guys hear about this no I don't think so um so a lot of people had a theory that the little boy, the son, Jason, um, was also switched, um, and that he was actually the one who was underground, and it was switched, because there's a part in the movie, um, where it said, uh, he made a fire that almost burned down the house the previous summer, possibly his way of dealing with the death of his grandmother, but at this point burned himself in the fire, and during the chaos, the tethered swapped with Jason, um, Red also explains that their Jason, Pluto, was born through fire, adding to the evidence the real Jason was delivered to them after the house burning and the swapping then took place, which is why they give each other the weird look at the end because they both know that they're the tethered. So it was hmm. just a theory that I read online. So um, I don't know. It, it all had to do with like that beginning sequence of them like snapping. They couldn't snap on beat, stuff right. like that. I mean, that still doesn't add that still doesn't explain uh there was no like lull in his speech that they talked about so that could be something there was also like jason knew that he could control his tether when he backed him into the fire um things like that so there's 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 just like theories around that so my Um, my thoughts on that i'm gonna interject real quick because i i do have a different little bit take on that uh that's a very interesting theory but my my thinking is that um because that she uh, was the the tethered and she actually married a, an original and had kids from that kind of mixed up type of like 
biology, I guess, maybe, that Jason has more of more of a power like because we we see that when they're in the closet uh his his tether mimics him a lot like everything he does he he does the the tether does and so i think that that's maybe where that power of control comes from because i've seen a lot of people kind of criticize that like oh that doesn't make sense why would his tether do that you know uh, mock his actions but it would make sense that because of this kind of mixed um relationship or marriage because of you have an, uh, an original of a person and a tethered version that there's something because of that that uh, marriage and that relationship that causes him to be more of like a, a half breed in the sense that he's half original and half tethered and so his, his and, and, and again with his tethered uh, version would be the same because it would, would be that on the inverse with, with the tethers down underground that maybe leads more to that that power of like why he could walk back but that is a very interesting theory i, I did not uh i didn't catch the the grandma stuff um so yeah, i didn't either but i guess they had mentioned it somewhere that they uh didn't come to the house or something because it burned down i i'm not exactly sure i don't i didn't catch that part either but i mean i i do understand the the maybe the mutation i guess mm-hmm. of the of son but then it's like, why couldn't the daughter control her tether then? Like, I just, there's just too many questions. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so. All right. Well, um, I'm not sure. Is there anything else you guys want, want to add? Uh, any things, uh, theories, Easter eggs, uh, thoughts that you want to add uh, to, the, to the show? Um, I did like the soundtrack. Oh, I yeah. The soundtrack's they, great. Um, redid the, the, that one song. Um the five on it song i liked that um there is another um kind of theory i guess or like interpretation of the movie um it seems like she during the whole speech that she had when the family was in the um when they were in the living room she was kind of explaining how like everyone above ground has all these nice things you know these shiny pretty things and everybody down below has like has like hard spiky things and i think my theory on that is a lot of people around us including myself um we take what we have for granted Mm -hmm. like nice meals and and things that we have um considering how other people could live they don't they're not as fortunate um so i think my theory on that is kind of like be fortunate for what you have um because somebody else in this world whether it's a tethered or a doppelganger might not have the same thing so um, also, I want to know the end of the movie when they pan out for the hands across. Like, what happens after that? Like, right. What? Happened? I'm just. I, I. I was like, okay. Like, that's a cool ending, and I like the cinematography part of it when the camera pans back and we see this entire row of people like cross mountains and shit. But like, what's gonna happen now? Like, I'm just, <laughs> I have too many questions. The movie. I. I like the movie, but it's definitely not one of my favorites but I, I don't know I, I think I just have too many questions for it to actually it stuck with me for a very long time I thought about it for days I read so many different things on it and I do have a better understanding of it now but I still just have too many questions and I don't think that somebody who sees a movie whether it's horror or if it's not should have as many questions as I have and that's what I think is frustrating for me is because I have I, I like having the answers question so i can understand the movie so i can right. understand what the director it was just too it was just it was just 
I have too many questions for the movie for it for it to actually be like, oh my god, this movie's amazing. You now, know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. And I and I don't disagree with you, but I, I think what what uh, what attests to at least maybe the the effectiveness is it uh, of it uh, is the fact that it has stuck with you um, yeah. after your screening. And uh, I do I do want uh, to ask: Did anyone catch the the Lost Boys Easter egg that was mentioned in in the film? Uh, nope, but I did get the Goonies, and I did get the Get Out scene, but I didn't see anything from Lost Boys. Cortland, did you catch anything for, for Lost Boys? I didn't catch that one. There was another one right next to the Goonies one. Oh, yeah. Actually, there... I didn't but it was brought to my attention after I saw it, and I thought that it was really cool. Uh, uh, go ahead. I'm trying to find her name. Aiden Schweer, she told me about this because I actually haven't seen this movie but I'm a big fan of like paying homage to you know past cultures mm -hmm. oh yeah and The Shining too I'm sorry if that was what you were going to say I apologize <laughs> no it's totally fine this one's actually so it's called Chud yes Chud oh, yeah, yeah, right. cannibalistic humanoid, humanoid underground, underground dwellers. dwellers yeah so it's about uh, I'm sure you guys know but just in case any of the listeners aren't aware it's basically about these humanoid monsters that kind of just like start pouring out of the sewers mm -hmm. in New York City. It's obviously an older movie, kind of in the same era of like Well, and it was also uh, if, if you're a Shudder subscriber and a fan of uh, Joe Bob Briggs, the, it was the first episode of his weekly show uh, was him doing Shud. Yeah, it was the VHS tape was up mm -hmm. on the side of the TV. One of them was Chud, and I think the Goonies was in there too. Goonies, um, oh gosh, Goonies there was another one. Chud were right next to each other. Well, and the cool part is, um, in Chud, the whole idea is you know this uprising of people just taking over from below. Yep. Um, yeah. It's kind of the same thing in Get Out, even though it's not you know cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. More. <laughs> copies or clones or tethers whatever you want to refer to them as it's kind of the same idea as those that kind of well and it was also um organized by the government too it's another you know government kind of conspiracy one and uh but the the lost boys one is is a little more more subtle it's it's a particular line that the dad says when they're um walking on the boardwalk he says oh hey they're shooting a movie over um over yonder basically uh if you're interested and considering when that opening scene takes place they're referring to them shooting lost boys and uh i didn't catch that yeah yeah well i only knew about it because i had seen something on twitter beforehand mentioning that uh there was a lost boys uh easter egg in there and maybe i'm wrong i i could be wrong but that's how i took that line maybe maybe there's something else in there but um i know that they said it was very subtle but I did, I did like, uh, you know, I, I, now that you mentioned it, Cortland, like I, I did not really, uh, connect Chud, uh, with the rest of the movie until after you just now mentioned it, but it, it's, it makes perfect sense. And it's actually kind of funny to kind of view this almost as a Chud remake, a very loose yeah. Chud remake, mm -hmm. but, uh, that's, that's very, very cool and very interesting. Um, so I think our, our final thoughts, uh, you know, one one um, point of view that we we didn't have on the podcast. I don't know if Pat would have had this uh, view or not, but um, I know I've we've kind of mentioned it here um, so far. But there have been there has been some backlash from from horror fans 
Um, I know of a person in particular, um, and then there was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the, the one person that was on Twitter that was kind of talking about not liking it a whole lot, um, of, of people that didn't like this movie because of the comedy, because of the, the fact that they didn't find it scary or it wasn't really gory. Um, and although, like I said, their, their opinions are not invalid, um, I think that this is a problem with with modern day film. Um, I mean, I, I look at Pet Cemetery as being another example of this, that I, I, who was I saying this to? I was saying this to someone on Twitter. I think that we have a problem nowadays and, you know, Avengers Endgame could possibly fall into this category, but I don't think it's going to, uh, where we, we are looking forward to a movie so much where we overhype it to ourselves and then, oh, absolutely. and then it doesn't help when you have sites like Rotten Tomatoes and then these critics, whether or not you believe in the conspiracy that some of these critics are paid to write favorable reviews for particular movies or not. Um, when critics come out and give this like a hundred percent or even at a 94% and, and you're going, and then they're writing things saying that this is a, a horror masterpiece and that this is that he's now a horror legend and that this is the scariest movie you've seen in years. So we have this problem well, where we build that's up. All, that's all marketing too. It, it is, mar it is marketing. Um, and so I, but it, I think that that leads. Right. And I think that's what the problem is, is that when you have kind of that, that massive hypeness from the marketing, from the critics, from people who get to see early screenings of it. Um, Hereditary. Yeah, hereditary, exactly, um, and, and like I said, Pet yeah, Cemetery. I think no, hereditary was very scary, though. Hereditary, it was an absolute horror film, a hundred percent. I don't think I laughed once during that movie. No, <laughs> no, but it was, but it just, it, it, uh, it was in my uh, my opinion that that movie was just very pretentious. It was avant garde. I think Midsummer, his uh, Ari Aster's new movie that's coming out later this year. Is going to fall a lot, a lot, a lot along the lines of that. Um, I'll see it. I, I don't know if I'll get out and see it in theaters, but I will watch it. But I, I'm not expecting to like that one as as well. But I think that we have a problem as a modern film audience, um, and this is kind of goes into kind of what I try to do with this show. Of we we overhype it, and then so when we're disappointed or we're let down with what we see in the theaters sometimes we can have a very visceral and negative reaction that isn't maybe exactly a hundred percent accurate um although i i did not like the pet cemetery remake i will rewatch it because i found with uh like a movie that i've reviewed on twitter on the past uh overlord although i gave it a very high review score when i saw it i still didn't like that it, it uh it didn't live up to the expectations I had for it. I was expecting more of a horror film from it and less of an action uh, war with some hor uh, war movie with some horror elements. But when I got it on home release and I rewatched it, I enjoyed it far more. So I think yeah. that what we need yeah, to keep the same with us, maybe when I go see it again, maybe I'll have a better understanding of it, but I, I don't know. Right. I'm not sure. I just think we all need to maybe temper our expectations a little bit um, that you know, just just expect that you're going to go see a movie, not that you're going to see the best movie or the greatest movie or even the worst movie. You're just going to see a movie and then kind of develop your opinion on it because I think that that's just a massive problem right now uh, within in the film industry because I've seen, um, as 
Crystal, you know, uh, I've been getting a lot of screeners recently from some production companies, <laughs> and I've been watching some lower budget, more independent horror films that uh, are sometimes far more effective than a movie like Us that has a big, uh, you know, blockbuster budget towards it. And something, I tell you what, the last couple I've watched, even just what I've found on Amazon Prime, were far more oh, entertaining yeah. oh, than. Absolutely. Shout out to Eric uh, Christopher Myers. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of, the, one of my favorite movies I've watched in a very long time, and nobody's heard of that movie. But it's starting it's to get more of, buzz now. It, yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, it's, it was one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies right now, and you know, it wasn't released in theaters. No. It was limited screenings, but I thought that movie was. Great. I thought that movie was amazing. And I can tell you, it's it's far more effective and far more scarier than the Pet Cemetery remake. So, <laughs> all right, uh, guys, do you have any final thoughts? Any final words? Yeah, go ahead, Court. We're just saying. Uh, um, I think it's easy to overhype things nowadays. I mean, this all the time, regardless of the conversation. But just in the social media era, mm -hmm. it's extremely easy, you know, especially in for people who, you know, at least somewhat keep up on modern film and, you know, follow certain accounts or whatever. Um, you know, nowadays they're dropping reports for trailers, teaser groups, they drop the post, just So even if doing it intentionally, it's very easy to get caught. Yeah. Um, you you cut out you cut out a little bit there, but I, I got what you were saying. It's very easy to um, with with social media nowadays. It's very easy to follow when you're following certain accounts and following certain things. And like you said, the massive amounts of trailers that can be released. Uh, and, and you know, I, I will fault Avengers Endgame for that because I thought they were doing a really good job with the trailers. But when they did their uh, when they announced the pre-sale for the tickets, they dropped another trailer that's probably been the most not necessarily spoiler, but more content-driven trailer, even though it's like a minute long. Um, I was like, oh man, I really kind of wish I didn't watch this because you've done such a good job holding back things from the movie. But uh, yeah, you know, when you have social media and the proliferation of, of content on, on social media and constant promotion of films, it can lead to a problem with the, with the overhype. And um, yeah, I agree with you 100% there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I can't say anything about Avengers because I don't watch those movies. But um, I can understand um, the marketing at least behind it. So. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to, to wrap it up for our roundtable discussion uh, on us. I, I want to thank uh, Cortland and Crystal for um, coming on here. Cortland's going to be joining us uh, more in the future. Maybe he might join us for the uh, for my Hellboy episode next week because I know we're seeing it next week. So, um, hello. Yeah, that's right. And then if you're not already following uh, Crystal on on uh, Twitter, you know, get follow her at Horror Daddies R Us. I know she loves her her Twitter handle. Uh, she's been called out. A, <laughs> she's been called out by Blumhouse a couple times uh, uh, for it. So. Uh, but if you're not following her, you need to follow her. She's got some great content on her. Her podcast is amazing. She's, uh, you know, the reason this show exists, because had I not met and interacted with her on Twitter, I, I would have never gotten the full motivation to get things kind of up and running. And, uh, you know, f 
follow uh support her patreon she's got some great content on there i'm telling you guys she's she knows what she's talking about when it comes to horror and i mean she's got some great tears on there and you're missing out on some wonderful content if you're even if you're not even following her normal podcast you're missing out on some great content so i want to thank you guys both for for being on here thank you for allowing us to come on and talk about this movie that's right all right guys well go ahead court it always a pleasure absolutely (laughs) all right guys well that's going to do it for us and we'll see y'all next time all right bye bye Bye.